Don't you wish your podcast was hot like mine? <laughs> That's right. Bet you wish you hadn't heard that. Anyway, welcome back to This Week in Fake Ball. This is, uh, what is it? Today is uh, June 22nd, 2023. And this is the Hank Aaron episode. That's right, episode 44 of This Week in Fake Ball. Not the, uh, not the Adam Dunn episode, JR. But, of course, the Hank Aaron episode. I am your host, Jeff Hobbs, uh, CEO, CFO, CXO, and all the rest of the Arizona Greenbacks. And I got a fun episode for you tonight. Um, we're going to talk about where the RBA was, kind of like at the end of 2019, going into 2020. Uh, but before we get into that, I got a few little segments I want to run through here. So let's let's get started. All right. So uh, milestones. What has happened since last month? Well, no uh, no formal milestones that we typically talk about were hit in the last month, uh, either for franchises or for coaches. But uh, there was one, I guess you could say, really big milestone that, that, that was hit, not of the variety that I usually go over, but uh, the Elm Grove Cardinals franchise now has 1,370 career wins to Arizona's 1,367. Uh, that does include the recent series that I played against Elm Grove. I played this like within the last week. Um, Elm Grove won four out of six. So they were one up on Arizona before that series, and now they're three up on Arizona. Um, I imagine they'll extend that lead a little bit more this year. Elm Grove has a very good team. So anyway, Elm Grove has retaken the top spot in terms of career regular season uh, wins in the RBA. Okay. Um, on the back of that, let's talk about RBA 2023 so far. I'll go over just a couple of things here. First of all, I mean, the big story of the last month was the Atlanta Avalanche. I mentioned a month ago that this team seemed to be really underachieving. They were 26 and 27. I think this is one of the greatest teams of all time since then. They have gone 21 and 2. They have won 21 of their last 23 games. That 23 game stretch included, I believe it was a 17 game uh, winning streak, maybe more, uh, maybe anyway, at least 17 game winning streak. The Avalanche are now 47 and 29, and they are in first place in the Larkin division by four full games. So, congratulations on really turning it around to Atlanta and coach Champ Tingler. Lopatcong deserves a mention. They are 51 and 27. Uh, they lead the entire RBA in winning percentage. Uh, they've got a pretty healthy lead on the pocket division. Uh, I say pretty healthy, I mean, it's early. Uh, we're not even halfway through the season yet. And, uh, and I guess I should mention, looking at the other end of the spectrum here, uh, the Dunedin Clear Blues. Uh, they are 22 and 55, and the question has to be asked, are they overachieving? Now, normally you see a record like 22 and 55, and you say, no, that no baseball team can be 22 and 55 and simultaneously overachieving. I don't care who they are, but I've got this Dunedin team is unbelievably bad. Um, 22 and 55 pro rates to 46 wins, basically, in a full 162-game season. Is the team actually worse than that? I don't know. But anyway, the Clear Blues are bringing up the rear of the RBA as expected with 
just 22 wins in their first 77 games. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's something. Okay, moving right along to our next segment. How about RBA trivia? Haven't done this in eh, a couple months. Um, I think the, the last time I did RBA trivia, the question was something along the lines of, like, what were the first-year teams historically that have had the worst records, like like teams that won uh, a few fewer than a third of their games in that first season or something like that. So on the back of that, I am going to ask a similar question. And here is this month's RBA trivia question. Only two expansion teams, and notice I am specifically saying expansion teams. So no teams from 2001, all right? Not just not just first year teams or first year franchises, but more specifically expansion franchises. Only two expansion teams um, have ever won at least 40% of their games in that first season. Name them. Okay, very simple question, but I'll state it again. Only two expansion teams in the history of the RBA have won at least 40% of their games in that first season. See if you can name those two teams. We'll come back to this, of course, as we always do at the end of the episode. All right, so now, uh, in the last month's you know episode, I talked about the 2019 season, what all happened. Um, and we talked about, you know, how good some of the teams were, uh, Las Vegas, uh, uh, Dunedin, I, uh, you know, um, just how good some of these teams were. There was a lot of disparity in the league. I think I would say really starting in, uh, this is debatable, but maybe starting in 2017. Um, anyway, the 2019 season was no different. We, we had a good bit of parody kind of coming up here, like in 2020, 2021, maybe. But uh, 2019, there was a lot of disparity. Anyway, I'm going to talk now about the ass match and the champions matches from 2019. And I'll do my usual thing where I announce the teams and we look over everything and we have a good old time. So uh, give me just a second here. I do have it pulled up, but I'm going to need to uh, click around here for just a second. All right, here goes your 2019 ass match. Well, the challenger from, of course, the year 2019, sporting an RBA record of 59 wins, 102 losses, and 57.5 average replay wins. So as, as like worst teams in, in individual seasons go, this is one of the better ones. 59 and 102 in the actual season, 57 and a half average wins in the replays, pretty close to, you know, 59. Uh, the 2019 Berea Bombers. And who, who pray tell, was on this Berea roster? Well, if you give me just a second, I'll tell you. They had a pitching rotation headed up by Jose Barrios. Um, he was not that good, although he was certainly okay. I mean, he was kind of sort of their ace. They also had a young Shane Bieber who was about to get really good. Um, Eflin, you know, some fairly big names, I guess, but not pitchers who had good years, really. And a lineup against righties. Let's run through this quickly. Of Gene Segura, Mitch Haniger. This is, you know, something like this. Uh, Austin Meadows, Nick Castellanos, Joey Gallo, JT Rail Muto, Brian Anderson, and Jonathan VR. So those are your 2019. I'm sort of, I, I'm sort of going with the uh, lineup against righties. There were some injuries in this series. I'll just mention now. But anyway, the 2019. Uh, Berea Bombers are your challengers for the uh, for, to, to become the new ass of the 
of the ass matches. All right, who are they going up against? Well, the current ass, and they've been the current ass for a few years now, sporting an RBA record that still blows my mind, 37 wins and 125 losses. How does a baseball team do this? Uh, an average replay total of 43 wins uh, versus the 37 they got. The 2016 Las Vegas effect. Um Okay, so I've been through this before, but I'll go through it again. This team is truly monumental. Uh, pitching rotation headed up by Jeff Samarja. He was about the only decent. Aaron Nola was pretty good, but he couldn't pitch that much. That's about it. Uh, lineup against righties. Let's take a look at that really quickly. Starling Marte, Rajay Davis, Freddie Freeman, the big bat in that lineup. Jonathan Lucroy, Jock Peterson, Jose Reyes. Uh, pretty old by then, Jose Reyes, I guess. Jake Lamb and Starlin Castro. Those are your 2016 uh, Las Vegas Effect worst record in RBA history to this date, to this day. Um, here we go. So what did the series, uh, how did that turn out? How did this <laughs> matchup of Titans uh, turn out? Well, the first game was a 13-7 drubbing by the Berea Bombers. Uh, there were 32 hits total in this game. Uh, the pitchers got shellacked. Uh, Berrios not, didn't totally get shellacked, but he got hit. Yeah, I mean, he gave up 10 hits in seven innings. Berea takes a 1-0 lead in the series. Game two was <laughs> the first game had 32 total hits. The second game had 28 total runs and 41 total hits. It was a 17-1 finish. Uh, the Berea Bombers took it. As a matter of fact, even though they won this game, by six runs. It took them 12 innings to do so. That's right. They got they got six runs in the top of the 12th and then held Vegas scoreless in the bottom half of the inning to get the win. Chris Stratton threw five innings in relief. Segura and Meadows got injured uh, in uh, for Berea in this game. And the Bombers have a 2-0 lead in the series. Boy, the 2016 effect looked just hapless. Game three was an 11-1 blitzkrieg and um, the Berea Bombers won it. Uh, they got five runs in the ninth, but still they were up six to one even before that. Complete game out of Shane Bieber. Uh, gave up only one earned run. And who uh, hits a three-nothing lead for Berea. Are they going to sweep Vegas? We go to game four, and the answer is no. Vegas wins 12 to 10. Interestingly, they were down 10 to 8 going into the bottom of the ninth, so they looked like they were going to get swept. And then good old Domingo <laughs> Domingo German, or however you want to pronounce that name, allowed four earned runs in the bottom of the ninth to give Vegas the win and keep the effect alive. So we go to game five. And game five was a good one. It was an eight to seven battle. Um, this time it looked like Berea was going to lose, uh, and they scored four runs in the top of the ninth. Vegas did score one in the bottom of the ninth, but Berea finishes with an 8-7 win. Um, I didn't say that very well, but Berea was down 6-4. to four. Then they scored four in the top of the ninth to make it 8-6. Vegas got one in the bottom of the ninth to make it 8-7, and that is how the series ended. Uh, Felix Pena faced 42 batters. I don't know why, but he did. Uh, pitched a complete game despite giving up 16 hits <laughs> and did get the win for Berea. This is how terrified the micromanager was of the Berea bullpen, I suppose. So get this, Las Vegas uh, loses the series 4-1, to one, and they've lost every series they've been in in these ass matches four games to one.
That's right, the Legends are now 4-16 and 16 in the ass matches. They've lost four straight series, four games to one, and, these, and this is against some of the worst teams in RBA history. So uh, congratulations, I guess. All right, now on to the Champions match. All right, this is the 2019 Champions match. So here goes. Uh, your challenger from 2019, of course, sporting an RBA record of 115 wins and 46 losses. Just absurd, right? And uh, 112.4 average replay wins, the 2019 Las Vegas effect. So the effects show up once as the ass or once as the uh, challenger. No, sorry, once as the defending ass and, and once in the champions match as the challenger. Uh, anyway, the 2019 Las Vegas Legends, a truly monstrous team. Let's take a look at what they had on offer. So uh, starting rotation with Trevor of Trevor Bauer, Kenta Maeda, Aaron Nola, really good team. Castillo, Diego Castillo had a really good year too. Um, yeah, this was a monstrous, monstrous everything pretty much on this team. Uh, great top three starters and a lineup against righties of Freddie Freeman, Stephen Picotti, Matt Carpenter, Trevor Story at short, uh, Lorenzo Cain in the outfield, David Peralta, Eduardo Escobar, and Jan Gomes. And uh, this team could hit the ball all over the place. Let's see if they actually did. And that is your challenger. All right, the current champion. Sporting an RBA record of 53 wins and 28 losses. That's right. This is one of the teams from the 81-game era. So we are going way back. This team has been defending champs for a long time. 53 wins, 28 losses, an average in the replays of 104.1 wins out of 162. The 2012, that's right, 2012 Fort Duquesne Corsairs. They are still alive. And this is uh, this is who that team had. Uh, let's see. Well, a great rotation. I mean, Justin Verlander was an absolute ace. He was dominant. Uh, Vogelsong, Ryan Vogelsong had a great year. So did uh, Santana was a very good pitcher. Kershaw was actually not that great this year. Uh, but anyway, those top three were really, really strong, especially Verlander. Lineup against righties of, give me a second here while I pull it up, Ben Zobrist, Andrew McCutcheon, Albert Pujols, Mike Napoli, Pablo Sandoval, Daniel Murphy, Yanel Escobar, and Kosuke Fukudome. Those are your 2012 Fort Duquesne Corsair, somehow still alive after facing all these great teams. Here goes. Let's, uh, let's see how that series went. All right, game one was a one-to-nothing game taken by the Fort Duquesne Corsairs. They scored their run, the only run of this game, in the bottom half of the eighth inning. So there you go. It was a home run by Aramis Ramirez. All right, game two was a six to four finish by Vegas. Vegas with the win here, six runs, uh, three of them against Verlander and three against Bronson Arroyo. Oh, you know what? I think Kershaw was better than I was thinking this year. I might be looking at a tired Kershaw. I should have done more prep, but oh well. Anyway, Vegas ties the series at one game. Game three, we have a 7-4 win for 19 Vegas. Yes, that's right. 2019 Vegas brings out the whooping sticks. Uh, Eduardo Escobar has 10 total bases, including two home runs in this game. And the, the, uh, the four Duquesne Corsairs of 2012 are down in the series. 
All right, game four was another close one. Great series. Uh, five to four win for the Corsairs. We have a tied series at two games. All right, we go to game five. What happened in game five? Well, the Las Vegas Effect scored 14 runs and did win. They gave up seven. The Corsairs offense did show up, but not enough. As uh, Irvin Santana got <laughs> destroyed, gave up seven earned runs in an inning and two-thirds. And that, by that point, the game was over. So anyway, the effect go up three to two. They've got a chance to knock off mighty Fort Duquesne of 2012. In game six, Fort Duquesne wins a four to two in the bottom of the 11th walk-off home run by, I'm trying to remember who it was. Well, it was either Orlando Hudson or Clint Barmas. I, uh, I don't have the game scripts with me, but anyway, I do seem to remember a walk-off two-run home run, bottom of the 11th inning. Uh, I mean, the team scored two runs, so it had to have been a home run, and it was either Barmas or Hudson. I don't remember who. Uh, my guess is Barmas, but anyway. So we're going to game seven. We are going all the way to game seven, and let me pull that up here. Give me a second. Okay. So both teams scored a run in the second inning, and that one-to-one -one lead held all the way until the seventh when both teams scored a run again. Miles Michaelis and Dan Heron both exited the game. They were the starters after the seventh inning. So they both go seven innings. They both give up two runs. Um, they get, both teams obviously go to their bullpens, and in the bottom of the eighth, for Duquesne scores a run. So it's three to two going into the ninth. Antonio Bastardo, Anthony Bastard comes in to try to save this thing. And he does. The 2012 Corsairs defeat the 2019 effect. And I think we do need to take a minute to talk about just how good this 2019 effect team was. Um, I, I used to say, I used to think that the 2007 Las Vegas effect were probably the best team in RBA history. I'm usually careful how I say these things because it's tough when you're talking about a whole bunch of teams that are that good. But I used to say the 2007 effect were probably the best team in RBA history, not just the best Vegas team, but the best team. The 2019 Las Vegas effect may have, may well have been better. Um, and they, they lose this series but that 2019 effect team was just stratospherically good. But uh, they do not survive in the champions match. 2012 Fort Duquesne survives yet again, and they will play the winner of the 2020 uh, replays. And I will, I imagine I will be revealing who that is in next month's podcast. Meanwhile, the 2016 Las Vegas effect will go on. Uh, they remain the asses of this ass match series that I'm doing. They will go on to play the worst team from the replays of the 2020 RBA uh, season. Uh, so there you go. There you go. That's where we stand in those series. Um, quick uh, rundown of the histories here. This will be kind of fun. I'm just going to go through the teams that have won. Uh, let's starting, starting with the ass matches. By one, I mean lost and teams that advanced as the asses. Uh, 22 Chicago was our first ass and they lost four straight times. So they were the asses for a little while. Then 2006, Arizona lost one, two, three times. Then 2009 state college lost to them. And then we get a neat little run here. 2000, uh, of, of teams losing or <laughs> how do I say it? Right. Teams winning and thus no longer being the ass. So 2009 state college. 
then loses to 2010 State College, then loses to 2011 Fort Duquesne, who then loses to 2012 SoCal, who then loses to 2013 Silver City, who then loses to 2014 Arizona, who then loses to 2015 Fort Duquesne, then loses to 2016 Vegas. 2016 Vegas now has four straight losses. So we started off with four straight losses by Chicago, 2002 Chicago, then three losses by 06 Arizona, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight uh, changes in who the ass is, and now four straight losses for 2016 Las Vegas. Kind of interesting. Over on the champions match side, our first champion was 2001 Fort Worth, uh, but they then lost to 2003 Elm Grove, who lost to 04 Elm Grove. But 04 Elm Grove won four in a row before getting knocked off by 08 Buffalo, who won four in a row, before getting knocked off by 2012 Fort Duquesne. And 2012 Fort Duquesne has now won seven, count them seven in a row, truly legendary. All right, so now let's talk about where the RBA was in 2019 going into 2020. Well, nothing really changed in the RBA. There were no personnel changes, no teams changed names or cities or anything like that. We had the same 10 coaches that we'd had for, you know, a couple seasons at least. Um, but our lives changed a lot because in early 2020, of course, the coronavirus, COVID-19, hit. And this was the first RBA draft, the first, I believe, the first draft in the history of the RBA that was all online. Uh, there was one draft, I want to say, sometime around 2012, 2013, 20, I don't know, somewhere in there, where I think I was the only person there other than JR. So JR and I were together, and everybody else was on whatever we were using at the time. It wouldn't have been Zoom, probably Skype or something. Um, and JR can correct me if I'm wrong about this. I think there was one draft where I was the only person there, or the only coach, the only manager there in person. But in any case, this was our first all online draft. And of course, we've had some since then, or maybe they've all been all online since then. But, uh, but yeah, um, so our lives changed in a big, big way. And we all learned to get pretty cozy and comfy in our, in our houses and, uh, and save a lot of money on everything like gas and going out and all the rest of it. So anyway, kind of a crazy year, of course, the year 2020, um, the worst year, the worst year in a lot of people's lives, to be sure. All right. So back to RBA trivia. Uh, here's the question again. Only two expansion teams. And again, we're not counting 2001. Where the, when the league expanded from not existing to existing with eight teams. We're not counting that. Only two actual expansion teams uh, won at least 40% of their games in their first season. Name them. All right. So the best expansion team in RBA history by record is actually the 2002 Las Vegas Effect. This team went 37 and 44 behind a really good bullpen, at least until the trade deadline when they offloaded said bullpen to, I believe, uh, Adam Goodykunst's Walla Walla Koalas. But anyway, 2002 Las Vegas uh, went 37 and 44 for a winning percentage of 457. The only other team to win at least 40% of its games in its first season, the expansion team, was the 2007 Gulf Coast Collective. They went 35 and 46 for a winning percentage of 432. And I do want to quickly mention two other teams that came close to a winning percentage of 400. 
In 2021, the Lopatcong Lumberjacks went 63-99, and and that is a winning percentage of 389. And in 2007, the Atlanta Avalanche went 31-50 and for a winning percentage of 383. So there you go. Um, that is the answer to your RBA trivia question. And I think that's going to be it for me this week, uh, this month. I'll see you in probably about another month. Uh, have a good one. Until then, uh, well, I'll see you.